Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imaginations to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at rollwithadventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Roll With Adventures campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues in the afternoon of Seclum, the third of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR, at the edge of a large clear-cut where our heroes look across it towards a town nestled at the base of what appears to be a mountain pass. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I have not been particularly dexterous, nor have I been particularly not dexterous. So I just... My neck is healing. I'm not doing a whole ton. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take a zero. Oh, thank you. I uh, recently arranged my bedroom, and since doing so, I've stubbed my toe at least three times in the past five days. Oof. It's gotten pretty constant. So I'm going to go ahead and take a negative one. Get you steel-toed slippers for your birthday. That would be phenomenal. We had a conversation yesterday with Cass and Allie about uh, how we'd had complaints from the neighbors downstairs. Um, not, and this was never a, a huge issue, but we had a brief time where the landlord, who I think was new, didn't really understand what he was supposed to be doing. So we kept hearing about them being them mentioning noises. So yet today I had a phone call from... I once again was in my kitchen and I had a phone call in my office and I had to make haste to get to the computer before I lost the phone call. And I uh, daintily like dash uh, danced from the kitchen to the uh, office so that I didn't make any, so that I didn't slam my feet on the, on the floor and make a bunch of noise. Uh, and it went very well. I'm giving myself a plus two. I let a baby get cold clocked by a swing today, so I should probably take a negative two. Like a real baby? Yeah. We were at the park, and I've got three little guys on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. A three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And the three-year-old was swinging on the swing by, like, lying on her belly and pushing off with her feet. And the two-year-old was crying because that's what she does. And the one-year-old was standing right by my feet, and I was hugging the two-year-old. And then the one-year-old decided he must be where his sister was. So he ran the two feet over to where the swing was, and I did not catch him quite in time for her to bonk into him. And he fell down. But he was not hurt, and he popped back up because he is a resilient little bugger. 
uh, and laughed because he thought it was very funny. No children were harmed in the making no of children this were dexterity harmed. score. No, no. But I did still let the baby get cold clocked by his sister going on a swing on her tummy. So not my finest moment. Let's see what you roll. I forgot we were going to have to roll dice. Ooh, I got a that's a two. Uh, 18. So 17 after modifier. Aha! A 15 with a modified 17. Well then, good evening. Or good day, or you know, good whatever time it is that you are listening to this. I am Brian. I am at Mind Over Brian on Twitter and on Twitch. Although on Twitch I spell it with a zero, and I am playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian of our party, uh, who ordinarily looks like a redheaded half elf, half elven man with a red beard, obviously red beard, and a um, scar running from his lip to his ear. But I believe I am currently dis- disguised as uh, Jared, the uh, knight who is, uh, what do I want, conspiring against the city. Uh, and uh, as a, a tidbit of a fact about Melian, uh, Melian had his first kiss with a member of the opposite sex with a halfling woman that he was in the mercenary guild with. Um, Call the mercenaries the Red Exiles that I mentioned last time, uh, and he and Cece Kleistock, a halfling female, um, uh, they were drinking one night, and he mentioned that he'd never kissed a girl, and so she kissed him, and that's well, that was his first kiss. Aww. Uh All right, my name is David. I play Yovan Savage Cooperson, a human scholar. Um, and my neat fact is something that I was definitely planned ahead of time wrote down and thought about very carefully and I'm not just coming up with right now while he was growing up at the Abbey, the same one where he met uh, Corey after they let him out to and and trusted him to grow it on his own after he became acclimatized uh, he went into the woods a total of three times without somebody going with him and each time he got terribly lost and nearly died Um, and he's taken that as as a fundamental lesson on going out into uncivilized places of the world. My name is Sasha. I play Faelith, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. And my fun fact for today is that roller coasters were invented to distract Americans from sin. What? Yeah! It's not a Faelith fact, but it's a fun fact. (laughs) No, but I want to know more about this now. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Yep. Just about nothing. Apparently, in the 1880s, a hosiery businessman, LaMarcus Thompson, hated that Americans were tempted by hedonistic places like saloons and brothels. So he set out to straighten up one of the most immoral places he could think of, Coney Island in New York. There he built America's first roller coaster to give New Yorkers some good, clean fun away from seedier pastimes. And that is a true thing. Wow. Yep. The that's so what a weird I came across this today and I was like, you know what? That's my fun fact. Everybody should know this. May not be faileth, but it is fun. And you know she'd love a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> she would do. My name is Allie and I'm playing Quarry Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath Paladin. A fun fact about Quarry. Well, okay, this is not fun. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> Not fun fact, sad, sad fact about Quarry <laughs> is that Quarry spent 10 years in prison for smuggling a prohibited substance. They were helping a friend, hope you could all hear the air quotes there, 
Uh, I mean, Quarry definitely thought that this person was a friend. Turned out they weren't. Um, Quarry didn't know what they were smuggling. They didn't know they were smuggling. They just thought they were helping to carry something. And then they went to prison. So that's the not fun, sad fact about Quarry. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Following being whisked away from Sir Jared's bandit camp by the combined powers of ancient druidic ghosts, I guess not all druids are bad, Melian, and the maidens of the forest, our party found themselves in unfamiliar woods. I mean, so we're clear, this validates my all the only good druid is a dead druid (laughs) (laughs) oh man after determining that the party may be in the vicinity of the town of Barrowman's, allegedly located near the mouth of the whispering pass a pass on the royal road that connects the three territories of westmarch after traveling for a few hours into the afternoon the party came upon a large section of clear-cut land and in the distance what appears to be a small town. You all look out over the clear-cut, stumps scattered in large sections while others have been removed to make room for farmland, likely to sustain the town. You can see a road some few hundred yards away that leads towards the town from the forest and leads off into the forest again past it. And a chilling wind blows down from the mountains, ruffling your hair, or at least for those of you that have hair. And from the clouds that have gathered above, you think that it may begin to snow soon. Do you approach the town? Head towards a nearby farm? What is your plan? Remember, it is early afternoon. When you said those of you who have hair, I was like, who doesn't have hair? Oh, it's me. (laughs) It's me. Yeah, I've got flowing blonde locks now. I look like the prince from Shrek. Ooh. Ooh. I forgot that that was how I decided Jared looked. <laughs> Until just now. That That's pretty accurate on the description that I gave. Yeah. I was trying to remember what it looked like, and I was picturing it. And I was like, oh, it's just the, the prince from Shrek. All right. What are we doing? Are we, we should go to the town. Oh, yeah. I recommend we go to the town. What eight? Jovan is full of enthusiasm to go to the town. I think that would be wise. Uh, some of our companions, I think, need a rest and uh, we need to stock up on some of our supplies. If, if it snows, we'll need something for you to wear. Have we already gotten Marsh out of his armor? I'm carrying it with a rope through the straps, yes. aren't I? You got Marsh okay. out of his armor, out of the armor last, se- about three okay. quarters away near the, or the end of last session. I was just thinking that uh, I would carry it so that I could claim to be a mercenary, but it obvi- and it wouldn't be so obvious that the armor's too small for me. It'll make us less threatening. Understandable. Uh, so, so that you're aware, Marsh is leaning against one of the trees. He's wheezing a bit. Trent has been helping him along and has been supporting him a bit. They both look pretty tired. As you guys are saying this, you see the two of them looking out across towards the town, and old man Marsh looks over to you and says... That's Barrowman's, all right. Uh, we send a 
shipment, usually every three weeks, over to the stately elf here. Uh, what What's the owner's name? What's his name? Uh, Rohan Rowan. I, he's a minor noble. Uh, he apparently thought that owning a tavern on in this province versus in the heartland would be a appropriate business endeavor. But that aside, um, if I remember correct, I, I, I think Ben said that it had, it does have rooms that, or accommodations. Um, so we might be able to find accommodation there. I really would like to lay down. It's quite a ways from Berriman's back to Dwemer Hollow, is it not? Yes. Uh, a week to ten days. Well, then we should ensure we have the supplies we need, and if it's possible, find a way to send a message ahead. Perhaps someone with a horse. There is a garrison here. Uh, you may be able to uh, get one of them. We, we may be able to get a, a guard sent. Uh, we should see about that, but I, I would, I would like to rest shortly. Perhaps we can see about that tomorrow morning. And with that, uh, you guys start heading out across this clear cut. The footing is a bit difficult in some places, but you angle over to the road a few hundred yards off, and once you reach it. It's clear sailing. Again, I'll describe the town. It appears to, that there that it is a small town nestled at the base of this cliff. It ha appears to have a lower town that is encircled by a stone wall, and then there is a road that cuts up into the cliff to sort of an upper level of the town, though it seems to only be dominated by maybe two or three buildings before another road seems to go up and off, uh, up into the mountains behind it, possibly the pass. As you get closer to the uh, town gate, uh, you see that there's a ramshackle shanty town of huts and tents that have been pitched out outside of the gate, off to one side. Eventually, you make your way and you come to the large sturdy gates of this town that Master Zadok Marsh has said is Barrowman's. The gates stand open. To the right of them and set a bit back is that gathering of huts and tents and makeshift shelters, a sort of ramshackled, impermanent community. And of the gate in front of you, there are no guards posted. They hang wide open. You can look straight down the main thoroughfare. You see people bustling. What would you like to do? I'm going to be honest, I thought this place would be more, like, weird and mystical. Not, like, normal. Why? It's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> Why did you think it would be weird and mystical, Faileth? Because uh, we got here through the weird, creepy forest. Ah, I see. And, like, we went through a portal opened by a ghost that was summoned by, like, three the witches. So I just figured, like, ooh cool magical place but not just a town i suppose i wonder why we ended up here and not closer to our intended destination that's a good question i'll be honest i'm just glad to have been out of that role it would have been 
the simplest thing to teleport us back to the middle of the event. It's if they're feeling a little bit feisty. Escapes escape. I won't count the teeth on the source. I think we have several things that we need to do. One, we need to secure some accommodation for ourselves and our companions. We need to go to the general store to obtain more rations and perhaps some winter clothing given the length of the journey back. And we need to send a message to Lord Buchanan about the magistrate. And the other things that we've learned, but the news about the magistrate I think is most pressing. As you command, Elden. Perhaps if we find a place to stay first, we can allow our companions to rest and uh, ha- have a central place to come back to. That seems wise. If we can trust the messenger, we don't know who is affiliated with who at this point of the tangled web that we're dealing with. That is an excellent point. I hadn't considered that, friend Yovan. Ah, we haven't discussed any sort of code or we don't have much of a common ground to have any subtlety about our louder, I believe. Well, perhaps. We already discussed our theories, and to my knowledge, all of them have been proven true and more. We just say that uh, we were rescued the fellow that you identified. Uh, he was... No, no, how... Hmm. How do we time. inform him of the poisoning? Hmm. It's a difficult thing, a difficult thing. Perhaps you will... Turn your mind to it while we secure accommodation. Alright, that'll give me something to mull over. I'll see if I can't come up with something. Why would we not simply warn the magistrate of the poisoning? Some of the magistrate may already know and wish to prevent that knowledge from spreading. The magistrate may be too ill to do anything about it himself. We don't know who in his household to trust. Then sending a message is useless. No, I think if we send the message to Lord Buchanan, perhaps the Lord can do something... I know not what, but surely some some help is better than none, some knowledge is better than... Well, certainly, but then send a message straight to Lord Buchanan that the magistrate is being poisoned. Oh, I thought... I concern ourselves with a code. I thought... Did I... Yovan, did I misunderstand? I thought you thought we couldn't trust whoever we sent from here. Or did you mean... Yes. Uh, okay. We, we, if we get a runner, we can't trust who we send and that they won't be intercepted. Right. The person we're sending it to, uh, we have, if if Lord Buchanan is in on this conspiracy and waiting for a chance to backstab us, then we are already as good as dead. There's no... We'll have to make some allowances for trust. I am perplexed that you would think it necessary to search for a uh, conspiracy in a town we have yet to visit. If it comes down to sending a letter clean or sending a letter at all, I agree we should send the letter. If we can add a small bit of security and it does us no harm and doesn't obscure the clarity of the letter to the receiver it seems a harmless thing that may save us in the long haul hmm. I do not see the point but I will not prevent you from playing your tricksy games I'm hungry let's go find something to eat <laughs> I think we're talking as we're heading to the uh, place where we can stay and perhaps get some food So as you guys walk down the small central laneway from the main gate, on either side of you are small rows of brick and stone houses that line this laneway that directs towards a town square. On this town square, a few small shops appear to open out. A general store, a smithy, a herbalist, and two taverns, one of which a sign hangs that says, the stately elf, and another that hangs that says, 
Captain's Hall. At the far end of the square stands a larger, tetradecagonal building, with large inviting doors that have been carved with the iconography of the Pantheon. In the center of this square is a small statue of three women surrounded by animals. Uh, we should go to the Steely Elf and mm-hmm. get rooms, I suppose. Yes, I agree. So we, we do that. You head for the squat two-story building of brick and mortar that on the outside doesn't look very stately. But as you push the door open, you're surprised to find that the large tap room has clearly been renovated within the past few years, and all of the wood surfaces have been carved exquisitely, giving the place the airs of a much finer establishment than its external appearance would have shown you. It doesn't look too busy. It looks like there's three patrons and a man standing behind the bar slash wandering over to the fire where there is a large pot that is bubbling away. Uh, possibly bartender, cook, and proprietor? Melian should not be the person to approach the park keep. Faileth will. She also really shouldn't be. <laughs> Quarry so will... As, as... You guys, as you guys stand there going... Uh, which one of us is going to? He turns, and you see that it is a younger human who's wearing clothes that look like they're finer clothes that have been worn and haven't been replaced in a long time. They've been mended quite a few times. And he waves his hand and goes, Oh there, travelers! What brings you to my fine establishment? Uh, We're looking for some rooms to stay the night and some food. Well, as you can clearly see, this room is not where... I would house anyone. I have a separate building in the back. Uh, it has a common room uh, that I, uh, if you would like to sleep there for three silver a night, uh, or I do have four private rooms off of it for seven silver a night. I will make do with the common room. As will I. There's no need for luxury. I just need a place to rest. I don't even need a bed. We will get the girl a bed. I can sleep on the floor, in a nest, or on a tree, or under some leaves. You can also (laughs) sleep in a bed. I mean, yeah, but that's weirder. But more comfortable. Yeah. He looks towards uh, Trent and Marsh as well, who just sort of nod as if they're agreeing with you guys. They clearly don't actually have any money on them, so they're Mm -hmm. hoping that you will be paying for them. And he says, well, uh, if you're looking to turn in this early in the day, I can show you out to it. But otherwise, why don't we settle up on the on payments now and I'll note it down so that no one takes your spot. Indeed, this lodging will be on the bandits. And uh, Melian pulls out 12 gold and slaps it on the table, assuming there's a place to slap it. If there isn't, he just pulls it out. Yep, his eyes will go wide and he'll go... Well, not 12 silver, 12 silver. It's 12 silver, not gold. That'd be insane. I mean, I have 12, I also have 12 gold, but no, it's the silver that I have. I was gonna say, how expensive is this inn? You're just a big I was, tipper. I was like, honestly, I said it, and then I was like, why does that sound wrong? I said 12, there's six of us, 12 times 2, that's 6, that's or 6 times 2, that's 12, we, oh, I said gold. He's gonna raise an eyebrow and then say, it's 3 silver per night. I thought he said 2 silver a night for the common room, and 7 for the... No, it was three and seven, I think. In which case, I'll pull out a gold and five silver? Nope, that's not six times three. Uh, and eight silver. 
Melian spends Payne, a bunch. I couldn't have listen, that. Listen, Melian has an intelligence of eight, so Melian spends a good long time looking at money in his hand, just trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> just Fantasy got a bunch math. of coins, like. Uh... I just imagine like you had it all on the table, and you're like just shuffling it back and forth and <laughs> twisting it around. And I can imagine Yovan just actually... tired and haggard watching, <laughs> trying to follow. <laughs> yes. So I actually put the twelve down. He goes it's three silver each, and I go. I look at the twelve. Then I look at him again, and I guess he gives me a, a slight shake. So then I pull out a gold and put it down. And then he's like, he goes to reach for it, and I'm like, wait. Uh... <laughs> and then I like take five silver away. And then he looks. Then I look up at him, and he's like, "No," I'm like, "Oh." And then I start putting one back at a time. Anyway, because Melian's not good with money, he doesn't math well. He takes uh, your coins and he uh, writes your and he writes down your party. He looks up and says, "Do you uh, a name for your party?" I just really want to say Smith. But have we come up with a that's just party Allison adventuring there? Eventually, that's we'll not. need to come up with those. You right. realize this is this is this is me giving you guys an opportunity to come up with a party adventuring name. No, really we haven't one. discussed it. The Dwemer Hollow Unfortunates. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, wait, what's Melian and asks for a name. Melian's just like uh, barebone. The barebone party six common room. My bones are not bare. Uh, Looks like you could use some animal. extra, extra meat on them. Uh, some of our included in the accommodation is food, so please help yes. yourself to the continual stew. Uh, some of our companions uh, wish to rest. Uh, others of us have business. Ah, of course. Uh, anyone who would like to rest, let me show you on your on the way. Paladin, which of them am I? Ah. Uh, do you wish to stay with Marsh and Trent and rest your feet or guard them? Or would you like to go to the general store? Well, I have no need of goods from the store. How, and, however, I do not know that I feel it necessary to... You are running low on trail bacon. Oh, that's true. We did establish that. That's canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do need to go and fetch bacon. Ah, oh, excellent. Then you will come with us, I hope. Indeed. Um, before you go, sir. Ah, yes. I need to send an urgent message to Dwemer Hollow. What is the fastest way that that can be done? By magical or mundane means. He sort of looks at you and goes, You could try the garrison. But. Haven't seen the guards lately. And then he just abruptly turns and starts walking away. Corey looks at Melian and Yovan and, like, the rest of the group and is like, is that weird? That oh, seems Perhaps weird. someone should stay behind and guard the, the, Ooh, the man the, the boy. Hmm. Yovan all of a sudden is really regretting having any of us mention bandits, and he's not sure why. I'll <laughs> do it. I'll guard them. In which case, we will need to leave someone to guard the girl. I'm <laughs> I'm in the garden. I'm very guardy. I think I've done enough walking um, for perhaps a little bit of the day. I'd be happy to rest here. But I'm the guard. Oh, I. I... <laughs> yes, obviously, Faith. Yovan is just resting his tired feet. Okay then, as long oh. as we're all on the same page. Oh, I'm a vulnerable soul. I'm... 
no fit shape to guard anything. I could use a little guarding myself. I'll guard you too, Jovan. Paladin, are you certain I must go with you? Uh, no. If you wish, I, I can uh, gather bacon for you. I, I'm afraid that I do not have very much money, but I, I think I could manage that. If I might have a word, I would prefer that none of us go anywhere alone. I don't. Something's not right here. I'm not quite I sure. can stay here. You guys can all go. It'll be fine. Two by two. I will accompany the paladin. It is more likely that uh, we will run into something requiring our certain skill set out in the town if the guards are missing than here in the inn. I think you are right, and I, I almost... Well, we shall see how strange this town is. If it is strange enough, perhaps we would prefer a private room, but that remains to be seen. Jovan, if I might have a word before I leave. Of course, you may have as many as you like. Jovan will find a quiet corner of the tavern, or if Melian still holds his tongue, um, find a hallway. No, no, the sound doesn't care. private corner's fine. Do you think perhaps now might be a time to uh, try the guard uniform that I... Um, found in Dwemer Hollow. Perhaps we, I could approach the guards on their own terms. Uh, Cast, the uniform we picked up, did it have any insignia of Dwemer Hollow specifically? I actually have zero memory, so let's say yes it did. Because otherwise, <laughs> how would you tell your guards apart? I mean, presumably in a town like this, you know them. I mean, that's that's Fred. Like, there's like six of them. You're not gonna mix up Fred and Jones. Six of Freds? I mean, Bob and Bob are twins, but that's the size. You know they're twins, you can expect that. Um, but beside the point, it, it, does, it doesn't actually affect Jovan's answer now that I think about it. I'm assuming that you have the same concern regarding the barkeep's evasiveness regarding the status Indeed. of your side of his town. If perhaps there's been some sort of interference by the bandits or another force that has cleared the guards out, well, dressing up in guards' uniform might put the target on your back. And besides, in a city this size, the guards would know one another. You don't have the anonymity that you would in Dwemer Hollow. Uh, no, but if I were a Dwemer Hollow in requesting aid from the guard here, would that not give my quest more credence? Should everything be normal, then yes, it would. But perhaps we should see the status first. You can have as many first impressions as you like. That's a unique skill of yours. Indeed. I right, thank you for your wisdom. Of course. Paladin, shall we? Yes. Uh, before we go, does is everyone in agreement that we require winter clothing before we outlay this expenditure? I know that Lord Buchanan said he did have winter clothing put aside for us, but I'm afraid that we have found ourselves, through no fault of our own, rather far from those supplies. We're already wearing clothes, Quarry. It's going to get cold, Faileth. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens in the winter. Well, I wouldn't want you to lose any more toes. Don't really want to do that, but what are we going to wear? Different clothes? Faileth, it is possible to wear clothes that keep you warmer than the ones we are currently wearing. Uh, they are usually very soft and fuzzy on the inside. I do like soft things. I think you will enjoy it. All right, I'm in! You won me over, you bastards! <laughs> now, mind you guard our companions well, Faileth. Oh, I will. I am going to be on top of them, like something that's on top of stuff. I Excellent. Am always amazed by your bardic ability to express yourself, Faileth. I've got a gift. 
Indeed you do. Uh, Melian, are you ready? Yes. All right, so... Um, who... <laughs> we get outside, and Melian is immediately like, Hal and I have 31 gold and 4 silver. I do not know how much use I will be monetarily. Ah, well, I have 30 gold, so perhaps between the two of us we'll see what we can do, but... Uh... You do remember that Jovan was handed a purse full of coins right. by the Lord Buchanan. I think this will be an excellent negotiation tactic. If it turns out that the man or woman at the general store will not budge, we will simply uh, walk away Make and... Him. Uh, I and... hear you, Paladin. And then Melian taps his notes. I, I was thinking more <laughs> that we could uh, seek some funds from Jovan, but we'll see how things progress. Perhaps... We could find a messenger first. It will give us a chance to observe the town and some of the people in it. Certainly. So to the garrison, my dear. Yes. I wonder if there is some interference from the bandits. I am afraid I won't be very popular, but perhaps you as uh, disguised as well. Would, do, do you wish to continue to look like Sir Jared? I see no reason why to, I would drop this disguise as of yet. All right, then. Let's see what we can learn. Indeed. Okay, so we head to the garrison. What are the chances that there's an open um, wanted poster or something for the person that uh, Melian is impersonating? Oh, I really hope not. Corey's going to have to do some kind of, like, Abbott and Costello accidentally tripping up the guards uh, while Melian escapes. Melian is very accustomed to the idea of having to escape the guards, so you won't even need to do an Abbott and Costello move. Okay. You come out of the stately elf, and you are again presented by that town square. You can see the general store uh, right nearby. Uh, it is noted by a large painted like a sign on the top of it that says Naramaya and Sons General Goods. Okay. Yes, but we're headed for the, the garrison. Yes. But you guys don't know where it is. So oh. I'm just going to slowly keep describing things. Okay, never mind. Until you decide until you could decide to go off in a direction. Perhaps perhaps we should uh, go to the general store first and inquire as to the location of the garrison. I'll also note that there's an apothecary uh, noted by a large uh, by a sign that's hanging that has a mortar and pestle. Mm -hmm. And then there is a smith that it is a large iron sign of a mustache over top of a hammer inside a horseshoe. And you can hear <laughs> the sound of hammers striking metal coming from inside. That is quite the sign. So he is a barber, horseshoe maker, and uh, blacksmith. Excellent. Uh, perhaps we should start with the general store and gain further directions from there. As you say, Paladin. So we head to the general store. So you head over to the general store, and you find that the general store is bustling. There are quite a few uh, ladies and a few men that are here picking up some things. And you see uh, a young woman that is darting back and forth behind the counter, grabbing things, pulling them down handing them off, taking money, and just 
the general chatter of a normal day. Hmm. It's not where I thought that sentence was going. <laughs> Things seem alright here. You walk into the store. The general chatter is normal. Oh, <laughs> okay. There's a lady that's talking about how her two sons just won't stop getting into trouble. Another one is talking about how she really needs to be watering her flowers. How else are they going to bloom? There's another one that's... What? It is winter, you fool. Yeah. There's, there's another one that uh, is discussing and saying, Oh, no, no, you're definitely overwatering for this time of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melian, having no social sense at all, walks straight up to the counter uh, and says, I require winter clothes. And bacon. I don't say the bacon part. That's after. You do clothes first. You buy a trail rations with what money you have left. Okay. The young lady spins and looks at you, gives a quick look up and down and says, uh, 13 gold, uh, and are you looking for trousers and a jacket? Uh, indeed, and I shall require some for my Goliath friend here, as well as our compatriots back at the inn. I think I can do without the winter clothing, though I might like a hat. I can definitely get a hat for you. Um, I don't think I have anything else that will fit you, though. Uh, and can I have the approximate sizes of your compatriots, or uh, would they like? Could uh, they come by? The girl is about yay high. Uh, friend Jovin is perhaps this high and this wide. Uh, really wish Melian could just is... turn into all of them. <laughs> I mean, he could. He's just not going to. That would get us in some real trouble. Uh... <laughs> Old Man Marsh is approximately this high, and his shoulders are stooped, for he is old. And the the boy is, well, a, a boy, and he is perhaps uh, weedy, as they say, and uh, yay high. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like? Because it's going to take me a little bit, and I have to deal with the rest of these people that are here. Uh, but once... I've dealt with them. I can wrap up a couple. I can wrap them up into packages for you. Uh, if there's anything Certainly. else that you need, and then you can come pick them up, say in about an hour. Excellent. Trail bacon, please. Uh, how many pounds? <laughs> no, no. You, she says, "How many pounds?" And Melian's eyes go wide, like, oh. <laughs> "I could have so much bacon." How how many pounds is reasonable? You know what? Don't tell me. Just give me twice that. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for a way to preserve the rations for longer, if you go next door to the apothecary, I've heard that they have some of uh, some leaves from uh, a Hime's uh, preservation plant. Uh, and those are meant to keep uh, your rations good for about three times as long. Excellent. I will do as you suggest. Uh, can I have your name? Uh, I'm Magnolia, by the way. And I am Sarkson. Well, thank you, Sarkson. Uh, just come by in about an hour, and uh, I should have everything ready. If your friends come by in about an hour as well, they could try the clothes on to make sure everything fits. Excellent. Uh, I'm, they may do so, but they have, we're very tired, so perhaps not. Sounds good. See you in a bit. Uh, may I inquire as to where we would find the town garrison? Everyone goes silent. 
they all get this sort of like wooden expression for a moment. And then they all go seem to go back to normal and she looks at you and goes, oh, it's just in upper, uh, upper barriments. You can't miss it. If you go, if you just go about uh, four houses uh, down that way and she points off in a direction, uh, follow the road that comes off there. Uh, you'll know that you're getting to the base of the uh, road that goes up to upper barriments uh, when you see uh, Natty's Curiosities. Uh, you just head on past that, uh, she's a, a mean old witch, and head just head on past that and go straight up. You'll crisscross a couple times. I hope you're not afraid of heights. And uh, the garrison is right up there at the top along with the Gessa estate. I hope you don't mind my asking, and I assume you will not answer my question if you would rather not, but is there something amiss? She sort of looks at you and goes, no, I don't think anything's missing. About the town guard? I don't think I've seen them lately. And then she goes back to helping someone else. I have things I want to buy. <laughs> do you, like, hold up a coin? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Oh, did you have other business? Yes, I'm wondering if you sell charcoal herbs and... I don't think I wish to buy a brazier, but I wonder if you could tell me where I might find one I could borrow. Oh, I definitely ha- I can bundle up some charcoal to for uh, in the same packages with uh, Mr. Sarskins. Uh, Herbs, Sarks. Oh, so- sorry, sir. <laughs> Sarksin. Indeed. Sorry. Where are my manners? Uh, but if you go next door to the apothecary, they might be able to help you with uh, some of the herbs, depending on which ones you're looking for. Hmm. Uh, and a brazier, a brazier. Uh, what's a brazier? It's a sort of a metal... Um, you let a fire under it, it has... Uh... God, I don't know. I am... Well, th- Wait, 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 wait. It is a portable heater consisting of a pan or stand for holding lighted coals. Oh, I think I've seen uh, Natty. I think Natty has one uh, in her store. Uh, Yeah, uh, so if when you're heading on up to Upper Barrowman's, just before you start heading up, you'll see Natty's place. You can't miss the sign. And, uh, yeah, um... As we are headed there now, would you be able to give me some charcoal? Uh, yes. So, one thing to note, because I know what you plan to use the brazier for, is that mm-hmm. that will take an hour. Oh, to poop. Do. Okay, never mind. So I'll come back for you're it. You're probably going to need to rent or buy the brazier. What? And then take it away from wherever you're take it to wherever you're planning on doing what you plan to do. Oh my god, does this lady sell braziers? No, only Natty's Commodities does. And that lady's a witch, remember. She's a mean old witch. The wicked witch. Oof, Ding okay. dong. The wicked witch. Alright, never mind. Sorry, which witch? <laughs> the wicked witch. <laughs> okay, uh, never mind. I will pick up the charcoal later. Uh, yeah, we've definitely um, set ourselves to purchase more than the 61 gold and 4 silver. Mm-hmm. That we have. So we'll definitely have to go back and get some some monies. You get a 
idea that as she talks a little bit more with you about the winter clothing that normally she'd sell winter clothing for about 15 gold coins per set, but she'll sell them to you for 12 per set. Why? Because you're buying them. Because I'm buying so many of them. Okay. Not because she, uh, like other people, thinks it's time for the flowers to bloom? She doesn't say anything like that. She okay. she does. She says that it's in bulk. There's something I weird going on with this town. Is 60, I think. It's exactly in it. But then we have to pay for the... So unless she's going to give us the bacon at a, a gold four. Uh, we're still <laughs> we're still short. Oh, we still got to go to the apothecary for your fancy leaves and... Well, I mean, she told me about some fancy leaves. I don't necessarily need to go buy any. Well, that's true. They did sound fancy, though. They did. Are, are you expecting to have to carry bacon that long? I think we'll be out of it within three days of our journey. <laughs> oh, we have Faileth, yes. <laughs> if I make it to solve every problem, there's an interpersonal issue. <laughs> it's like, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> <laughs> there's an yes. interpersonal issue. And oh gosh, characters are having this really touching moment. Melian is frying bacon. Very important that I be making some bacon. So I guess now we know where the garrison is and we head there? Oh uh, yeah. Sure. With the instructions to head off towards the garrison, you head away from Meramiah and Sons, leaving Magnolia behind. You pass through more of those small brick and stone houses, passing them by until you come to where it almost where the road almost meets the stone wall around the around the town. And you see a squat one-story brick building with a sort of like bulging roof that sits at the base of the road that mm. goes up onto the cliff and begins to crisscross back and forth to upper barrowmans. That seems to be set slightly apart from the rest of the buildings of the town, but is safely contained within the walls. And a crude sign hangs from a post in front that reads, Natty's Curiosities and Conundrums. Paladin, do you wish to stop at the um, Curiosity Shop? I have had good luck with witches. Well, then perhaps we should go in. I don't think I wish to purchase a brazier just yet, as I don't want to carry it all the way up the hill. But I... Given how strangely people have acted at the mention of the town guard, if we are able to gather any information at all, I think it would be wise for us to do what we can. Indeed. We go in. I also do not know what is a conundrum. Uh, I certainly don't know what a conundrum is either. Perhaps we will learn many things. As you push the door open, you find that this shop, is small and cramped, with shelves full of what to you looks like useless junk. You see a rocking chair sitting over on one side, and a elderly female gnome with long gray hair that has been woven up into an intricate beehive-like style above her head, <laughs> is sitting away knitting, and she has a pair of magnifying like really thick rimmed magnifying glasses on her uh, as she is looking at what she is knitting and holding out actually a rather far away from her body knit knit pearl knit damn what is that pattern again <laughs> 
Oh, it's me. Uh, excuse me. A conundrum is a confusing or difficult problem. Or question. Well, I think I have many of those myself, but you deal in them? Often more I will deal in riddles, or questions asked for amusement, or puns. Ah. It gets people thinking. It gets them fl- their minds flowing. It gets them more understanding about the curios on my sh- in my shop. So, what can I help the two of you with? Uh, well, I am looking to buy something, and uh, I also have a question. Being a, a stranger in these parts, I'm hoping that you can help me. Well, what are you intending to buy first? I'm looking for a brazier. Ah, any particular metal? It needs to be made of brass. Preferably ah. not a large one, if you have a choice of sizes. She sort of raises an eye, gives you a look up and down, and then goes, Honoring your ancestors? Yes. Mm, fat lot that's going to do you here in this town right now. But that's a completely different and separate problem going on. <sighs> Why? Why would it do me no good? Oh, well, just magic's gone. I, I beg your pardon. She points her hand at the door behind you in, like, a really stern, and you almost feel as if they're, the door behind you would have just slammed closed. But it doesn't. Gone! Magic's gone. Completely. Something or other is just missing here now. Do you... Hmm. Have there been any druids about lately? <laughs> Not that I know of. I haven't seen any. They're usually a reclusive lot. They don't come into town that much, but they're also not that bad. Huh. You seem to know rather a lot about what is going on in this town. What can you tell us of the town guard? I am afraid I have not left this room in over three weeks. Are you alright? Her face sort of takes a wooden expression for a brief moment. Can I do an insight check? Is it like in a weirdly identical wooden expression to everybody else's? Yeah. Oh, not great. Um, yeah, that's a nine. The expression looks unnatural on her face, but you don't have any inkling about what it could be or what's even causing it. Hmm. If there is no magic in this town, then I suppose there's really no hope of getting a message out by magical means. Oh, no. I most certainly could. And it is one of the services that I do sell. I usually send messages to my good friend Aldous in Dwemer Hollow, or to Miriam in Ogdenfell, or all the way even off to Cranog. But haven't been able to access it for the past few weeks. I doubt you'll be able to call on it even here. Would you mind if I tried? Oh, not at all, not at all. Do you have anything... Slightly broken that needs mending. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She goes over to uh, a... She, like, leans over out of her chair to a basket, and she pulls out a knitting needle that has been broken in half. I was very angry that I dropped a stitch. I didn't notice it for at least eight rows. Oh, uh, well, perhaps I can help you. 
Uh, I try to cast Mending on it. It mends. Her eyes go wide. How very interesting. Do you know if it's just you, or if there are others in town who cannot use their magical abilities? I haven't left my shop for the past few weeks. Not that I can remember. That is an odd thing, not having left your shop. Is that for any particular reason? It's quite odd. As my friend asks, is there any particular reason that you stay in? I don't know. I don't know. You seemed so certain that that this problem was more widespread, that the magic did not work in the town. What gave you that impression, if you have not left? I felt it. A hollowness. And the sky is wrong. How wrong how? There are no stars. Hmm. How could you see the stars if you have not left your shop? I have windows. But as if your magic does work, yes, I do have a brazier. I have two. And if you are only looking at using it once, and you don't think you'll need to be using it again, then I will allow you to rent it. Braziers are quite expensive. If you will will upfront give me 15 gold... Once you have finished using it, I will return 14 to you. That seems most fair. I will be back for the brazier. First we must investigate the garrison. Best of luck. Young chaps up there. Quite nice. At least that I can remember. Set a few bones for them. Well, thank you very much for your assistance, and I shall see you later. I look forward to see you again. I'm sure that I will. Flipping over to Yovan and Faileth, guarding their newer companions, Trent and Old Man Zadig Marsh, you guys are at the Stately Elf. Are you staying in the tap room, or have you gone in, like, have you gone behind the tavern to the common quarters? On this, I'm actually just going to tag along with them, with Faileth. Uh, Faileth would stay down and eat stew and be very suspicious of everybody that comes in and out. So you grab some stew. Uh, Yovan, are you also grabbing a bowl, bowl of stew? Oh, absolutely. It's hearty stew. It looks like it's stew that's definitely gets stretched with whatever type of meat that's for the day is being thrown in. And it's quiet. There's like three old men that are sitting off to one side, talking back and forth. And after about maybe 20 minutes of the two of you eating and, I don't know, maybe conversing quietly, one of the old men stands up and heads out. Another one heads over to the bar and starts talking to Rohan. And the third comes over and walks over to your table and sits down and says, It's always good to have young travelers coming through. What brings you to our fair town? Um, Witches and magical smoke and a forest and explosions. Yovan gives an apologetic style. He cocks an an eyebrow and, and then looks at you, Faileth, and says, Witches and magic, you say? Do you like stories? And ghosts. Ooh, I love stories! That's my whole thing! Well, I haven't had a 
My friends don't let me tell stories that often anymore. I've heard all of them. But would you like to hear a story? Um, yes, please. I love stories. Jovan's eyes light up. First, I should introduce myself. He, he's, he just, he holds out a hand and says that his name is Old Belton, and that he's lived in Barrowman's for a very long time. To be honest, his family's lived in Barrowman's for quite a few generations, all the way back to its founding. So it goes like this. Some three or four hundred years ago, back in my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpappy's time, back when the Dwemerlands weren't under the boot of the Westmark, Markian nobility, and all the nobles hereabouts were out for themselves, and before even the uprising of the Blue Monks, there was a young lord, the ancestor to our fair lady Gessa, May her wisdom continue and the taxes stay low. <laughs> now, as I would say, the young lord wanted to make a name for himself. You see, he came from over the mountains, on the Westmark side, deeper in the heartland. And he had been given a royal dispensation. I, I think that's what it's called. To build a foothold on this side of the Whispering Pass. So, the young lord, he gathered up his men in the heartland and brought them over the pass. Fifty men he had, a rather small number. And if you were to ask me, I think that the king at that time may have been sending the young lord to his death. At least, that's what i tell you if you ask me. Now you see, back in this day, all the nobles were out for themselves in the lands west of the Shriekers. Though... I think we can agree that a noble is always out for themselves, ain't that right? Oh. Yes! He sort of gives you a smile and... Well, you see, there was a noble here. A mean old bastard. Some Lord Viter. Who had claimed this land and wouldn't bend his knee to the King of Westmark. He'd apparently proclaimed these forests and the mountain to be his own kingdom, Viterland. This Lord Viter caught wind of Lord Gessa and his men coming over the pass, and he appealed to a powerful user of the Dark Arts. <gasps> like necromancy? A finger wiggler. I... I think his name was Fosker. Fosker Cole. To catch okay. Gessa in the pass. <gasps> that name. Faileth doesn't even register it as anything important. It is said that the blue-robed Fosker brought down an avalanche on Lord Gessa and his men, and... <coughs> Just... All those years in the mine, it's, it's, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about me. And you see him take a large draught from his mug. Now you see, Lord Gesta was caught unaware by the avalanche, and the snow swept him and his men down the mountains into the edge of the Darkland Forest. But he oh, nor his fun. men were killed 
by the avalanche. Instead, he lay there freezing, trapped in the snow, thinking he would die, barely able to move. Until the most startling of things occurred. A small squirrel did come upon the young lord's plight, and for some reason was the young lord gripped by an urge to ask it for help. He pleaded for the squirrel to help, to find anyone or anything and bring them to the aid of his men. He did not plead for help him would expect a noble one to do. He pleaded for his men. Then lo, did the squirrel scamper off, and to the lord, time passed, and it marched inevitably towards his doom. But some time later that night, before the young lord froze, a captain of the young lord's men did find him and dig him from the snow, cold and delirious. When sense returned to the young lord, did the captain tell him of a fantastical tale in which the men had been saved, one by one, by a squirrel, a bear, and a doe, working in unison. In fact, the captain did tell the young lord that all fifty of his men had been saved, and that when they had been, the three animals did bring the captain to the young lord, and aid in his very own retrieval. The young lord, recognizing that these animals must have been truly the very beating heart of the forest, spirits, guardians, perhaps champions sent by the gods, he did pledge that he would pay homage to the forest if he was successful, for it had given him and his men a second chance at life, and that if he did found a city here, he would name it for the forest and its guardians. He proclaimed that the site where they had been found, this very site that our fair town is built upon, would be named Baramunds. For the words Baram, meaning guardian, and Uns, meaning three, from the old tongue. For it would be the city of the three guardians. And if you look to the heraldry of the Gessa household, and even that of Baramunds itself, You'll see that it includes our three guardians. A squirrel, a doe, and a bear. But, <laughs> I digress. Back to the tale. Tell me more about the squirrel. Well, as I was saying, the young lord did make this pledge. And as you likely know from the statue in the center of town, just out there, those three animals were certainly far more than they seemed. For when the young lord did make this pledge, the three animals did come forth from the forest and appeared before him. But they did change from animal to woman. Three women of elfin features, full in the bloom of youth, some few years older than yourself, young miss. They did stand before the young lord and proclaim that they would accept his pact and would aid him if he and his descendants ensured that the forests and lands of their domain were respected. The young lord, not knowing the tricksy words of guardians of the forest, did quickly agree and pledge himself to them if they would aid him 
And so it is said that from that compact, the guardians of the forest, the maidens three, did become the very patrons of the Gessa family. And what would one day become our fair town? It is said that the maidens did in a single night teach the young lord to imbue his words to beguile and so terror, that with his hands he did wield a blade of animal bone bound in briar, said to wield the very might of the forest, and that he could move from place to place with but a single thought, and hide him from the sight of all but the most observant of finger-wigglers. With his newfound powers, did the young lord and his men... <coughs> he takes another drink from his uh, cup and then sort of looks at him, then looks at Jovan and says, Oh, uh, Jovan doesn't even wait for him to, to finish. He holds up a coin and waves the bartender over. Another f for the storyteller. What too kind, my lord, too kind. Thank you. As I was saying, those years in the three sister mines have left my throat quite ragged. <sighs> thank you, thank you. The bartender comes over and takes your coin and brings back a brings back some a drink a refill of the drink for him. Now with his newfound powers, did the young lord and his men plan an assault upon Lord Vitor and his blue-robed finger-wiggler, guided by the wisdom of the Maidens Three? Now, the Maidens did warn the young lord that Lord Vitor had taken residence in a nearby abbey, that he had driven the monks of the Tenorian Order from their walls, and turned it into his own fortress. It's very clear from your faces that you don't know what the Tenorian Abbey is. Not well, it, 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 it's an abbey that's about a quarter day's ride into the mountains above Barrowman's. If you keep going past Upper Barrowman's, about a quarter day ride, you, you'll eventually get to it. Lovely monks. They stare at the sky a lot. Something about star charts. But I digress. <laughs> and the maidens, seeing that the young lord would need further aid, did reach across the forest to the place that the members of the order did dwell hiding since being pushed from their abbey to bind them to the young lord's cause. And those members that the maiden brought did bring with them both the skills of the devout and the knowledge and familiarity of the land that comes from working and living upon it. Secrets that those who had taken their home, Lord Vitor's men and him, and even his dark finger would certainly not have come to know so quickly. And beneath the watchful eye of the Maidens Three did the two parties concoct a plan to sneak through a hidden tunnel into the Abbey and to strike at the heart of the problem, at Lord Vitor himself. 
The young lord, his men, and the guides of the order, they did set out the very night that they crafted their plan. And cloaked in the grace of the maidens, they did sneak through the forest and mountain slopes, climbing towards the secluded abbey. But at the base of the eastern ridge, they did halt their advance, instead seeking out the hidden tunnel. And utilizing this hidden tunnel, they did emerge into the lower reaches of the abbey. Dividing into small groups, they did one by one subdue Lord Vitor's sentries, robbing him of his defenses. And when all was prepared, did the young lord, Lord Gambian Gessa, enter Lord Vitor's chamber. And here, I will be the first to say that tales can diverge greatly. Some say that the young lord did duel Lord Vitor with the briar blade and brought his youth and prowess to bear upon this aged lord. Another tale says that the Lord Gessa did taunt Lord Vitor, trapping him within a dizzying delirium of the maiden power, a domain of illusion and terror, before he drove his blade into Lord Vitor's back. But whatever the tale, they always end the same. For as Lord Vitor lay dying, he did cry out a curse. He cast his very soul out into the ether, begging for another chance and vowing that he would not rest, that when that chance did come, he would destroy all that the young Lord Gessa held dear. He would turn away Ashen's servants. He would deny the Oath Keeper's book. He would deny death. Of that curse, it still hangs to this day. But Lord Vitor's body was interred in the abbey, in consecrated ground, where the monks, when they do not watch the skies above, Watch over it to ensure that he does not rise again. The young lord, as you can tell, did settle here and construct the town of Barrimans, which has grown to what you see today. Always nature has shined upon it. And has nature been respected here, as was the request of the maidens. It is said that the young lord constructed a shrine to the maidens hidden within the confines of this very town. <laughs> I jest, it's not very hidden. It's in the upper portion of Barrowlands. If you follow the road past the garrison and past the Gitzelod, you'll come to a fork. If you take the left, it will lead you up mountains into the abbey, but if you take the right, it will come to a cave, a sort of grotto where the young lord has constru constructed his shrine. It's a sacred place, but it is said that if you do pay homage at it, you can expect your journeys to be smooth and quick. And that, my young friends, is the story of how Barrowlands was founded, how the Maidens became the patrons of Barrowlands, and how the Lord Gessa ended the reign of Lord Vitor. It's rather funny. You know, Vitor in the old tongue means winter. Some say that Lord Vitor's ghost still haunts the halls of Tenor Abbey, waiting for his bones to be unearthed, 
and the power to terrorize the land once more. <laughs> Yo, it looks like I've run low again. Would you be so kind as to fill my cup once more? Yovan doesn't even let him get the words out of his mouth. It's got another coin in the air. He has rapt attention on this. He's very happy, and he will sit and answer questions and talk with you guys as long as you would like. He'll also be, he can regale you with other stories as well. I may need to get this recording off you later on. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll open up a page, take some notes. I ran out of paper a while back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to have to listen to this when I can actually, like pause it and write stuff down. I really wish Quarry was there to hear all this. Oh, why? Quarry isn't just Faileth, so Quarry will get to learn about it, because Yovan will tell her. Yes, thank goodness. Uh, Yovan is probably actually writing this down in character um, more effectively than David is out of character. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's taking all this down, especially when we started uh, picking up a couple... This isn't just a fanciful tale. This uh, might be extraordinarily relevant when some names got dropped. <laughs> uh, and yeah, for even if the the stories stray away from things that are immediately useful, um, as long as Yovan keeps talking, Yovan's probably going to keep paying for his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> what other things would you like to ask him about? Tell me more about the squirrel. Oh, well, it is said that. One of the maidens has a distinct affinity for the shape of a squirrel. I had a squirrel once. Perhaps the maiden smiled on you. I mean, it was a dead squirrel, but still. Perhaps the You'll maidens to... didn't smile on you. He was a nice dead squirrel. My brain is not running at 100%. Uh, is the maiden that he was speaking about, uh, the, the guardians of the forest, did that seem to match up the other maidens in the path from the even though it was two of them versus the three that he spoke of? Or do they seem to be separate uh -huh. entities from what... Are you gonna ask questions regarding that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd absolutely push in that direction. Uh, he'll be quick to say that he's never actually... He's never actually seen the Maidens. He's only ever heard tales. And he knows... And the statues... The statue in the center of the city uh, is apparently a very good likeness of what the Maidens looked like, at least... A few hundred years ago. Can we hear more stories about the where the stargazing monks, where they came from, if he knows? Oh, he, he didn't seem to be uh, fairly will, confident about it. But. He will happily tell you that the Tenorian Abbey uh, is it's about a quarter of a day's ride up past Upper Barrowman's, but it is. An abbey of monks that are dedicated to the celestial triad. So, while yes, they recognize and venerate all of the gods, they specifically venerate Sol, Liana, and Gnosis as the Ooh. gods of the night sky. And that they apparently map the stars really specifically, and that there is some kind of enchanted observatory that they are the caretakers of. Yofan's eyes would light up at that. Um, he might actually ask the old man about uh, his own life. Specifically, he might have ma mentioned of mines in passing once or twice, if that wasn't just a ruse to ask for a refill. 
Oh, he says that he's been a miner. He started as a miner quite early on in his uh, when he was younger. He would mine during the winters and he would farm during the rest of the year when the land and the weather was arable, was suitable for it. But he'd mine during the winter to keep food on his table and but after he lost his wife to the flare. Uh, about if you push about he'll say about 40 years ago mm -hmm. during one of the outbreaks he basically just dove really deep into the mines and there's three mines the Janice mine the Gunborg mine and the Gwyneth mine is it that he pulls from those if he doesn't mind sharing trade secrets uh, so he says that the uh, Janice mine. It's further up in the mountains. It's actually past the Tenorian Abbey, and it had mostly they'd pulled some. They'd been pulling gemstones out of it, but about three months ago, he thinks he'd only heard rumors of it. But the miners had apparently dug into a chamber where the stone was worked, and very quickly the mine was closed up, and the Gessa family. Put in an archaeological team up there. What they were looking for or what they were pulling out of there, couldn't tell you. But they were being really hush-hush. And about once a week, uh, they send someone down for supplies, and every three weeks they do a big supply run. The Gunborg mine, which is the middle mine, uh, is apparently a very steady iron mine. Any time that the town had thought that they had run out of vein iron, was found another. And then the oldest mine, the Gwyneth mine, is also an iron mine, but in addition to iron, it also has had quite a few other metals and veins that they'd found for over the years. Different smaller precious things. Uh, mining in the area... He says that for mining in the area, it depends if you are either being employed by the town and the Gessa family, then you're not making, like, you you make basically almost a, like, you make a steady wage, but you make a commission for what you find, versus hmm. if you are mining because you've gotten a, a writ from the Gessa family, you basically are able to mine but then what you mine, you have to bring back to the town to get appraised. And they will take a percentage of it. Or they'll just flat out buy some things off people. Does he have any stories about any other, other ancient ruins or cities in the area? Uh, he says that he mentions that quite often when, they're, when they've been mining, they'd come off, they've come across weird things. Like, he remembers coming across a pot. Just, just, why is there a pot in the middle of this mountain? He's not, he's, he seems like he's not that surprised that they've come across worked stone and possibly, say, maybe ruins inside the Janice mine. Does he have any wild speculative guesses? Still... You wouldn't care even if he was making it up as he goes. That sounds like an excellent route for a story. If I, if I had to guess, I'd probably say that well, no one ever found what happened to Fosker. And 
They said that he did dwell in this area. Wouldn't be that surprised if perhaps he may have had hidden chambers, rooms that he could hide, wiggling his fingers. Perhaps that. Or everything's built on ruins. There's always something older. There's nothing else deeply important that I want to know out of character, but in character, Yovan probably won't let him stay silent as long as there's anything he can poke in the conversation to keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> he will happily continue talking. He'll start regaling you with other stories, like just like little family stories about things that have happened. None of them are supernatural or amazing or even like some of them are funny. Some of them are just an old man talking about his life. You even um, loves all of them equally. And he will just keep going on and on. Faileth, are you going to ask any questions? Uh, Faileth will ask stupid questions about the little things, like picking up on tiny details that probably don't mean anything, and uh, asking for deep elaborations on, say, the color of what something was, or if they had any pets. Understandable. He will gladly answer all your questions. He seems to be also having just, like, the best time in quite a while. She's also very uh, distracted by her stew. That will continue for quite a while. And let's flip over to Melian and Quarry. So, Melian and Quarry, you have left uh, Natty's curiosities and conundrums. You've headed up the switchback road that goes up the edge of this cliff, and you come to the top of the switchback. Looking down, it's precipitous. Like, this is a pretty significant fall, if you were to fall down it. And at the top of it, there is a large rectangular stone building that is built right up near the edge of the cliff that has slits and crenellations uh, it has slits for arrows, small windows, and crenellation along its top. Looks like it might be the garrison. Hmm. This mm -hmm. looks more like a fortress than a garrison, however. Interesting. I didn't really expect this, but I suppose if we are... I don't see anything else around, and this sort of fits the description, so perhaps we should just see what we can find. Perhaps one of us should go in first while the other watches our backs. Yes, I think being careful, given everything we've heard, would be a good idea. I'm quite curious. All the townsfolk, they don't just act strangely about mentions of the guard, but everyone says they haven't seen them. Yes, that is very strange. I will not lie to you, Kapalin. I am expecting to find that the guards all dead inside this fortress. And I'm oh, well. feeling some trepidation about entering. Do you wish me to go first? Uh, you can watch. I would trust you to watch Only my because your shield is bigger than mine. <laughs> okay, Quarry will approach the door? Whatever looks like, looks to be the entrance. So there is a large, there, there's a large reinforced gate. But it also has a smaller gate, like sort of a smaller door cut out the side of it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, presuming they're both closed, I imagine we'll go to the door rather than the gate. Or I will knock loudly? There is no answer. A cold wind cuts down the mountain above. Quarry will give Melian a meaningful look and will try the door to see if it is locked. As soon as no one replies, uh, Melian will draw his sword and shake his shield loose and then say, I have a bad feeling about this, Paladin. It is not locked. Quarry nods seriously at Melian, draws their halberd, and pushes the door open. It's a trap! <laughs> Is there a wizened old gnome in here? And this is where we end for the evening. Tune in next week to find out whether Quarry and Melian live or die. Will Quarry and Melian find this? Sorry, it's gonna do a <laughs> that. Man. That voice was perfect. That was will Quarry fantastic. and Melian find that this garrison is populated only by ghosts, or will they find that this trap has tripped their trap senses? Tune in next time. <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. Same bat channel. All right, sorry. All right, I promise. So you push it open, and you see that it opens into a sort of an inner courtyard with a well. And to the to one side, you can see that actually just that there is a tower just to the side that is connected to the walls. Uh, door at the base on this here and then you see another door that looks like it goes into the actual central building there's no one here you can see some hay off to one side where the stable is slightly open that looks like it is molding well at least we haven't found them all dead yet but there's no one here Guard captains often keep a log. Perhaps we should find the guard captain's office and see what has happened. That is an excellent idea, yes. Let us seek to find that. So you push the door open into the main building. It creaks. And it's dark. There aren't any torches lit. And the little bit of light that is coming in through the windows, isn't coming into this area. Fear not, Paladin, I have brought torches. Melian will strike a flint and steel together and light a torch. Excellent. You come into a room of cold stone, devoid of character save for its pure functionality. To your immediate left and right, there are doors, and just past them are hallways also branching to your left and right. On the other side of this chamber in front of you, is a large double door. What do you do? I... I don't know. Do you have an idea of what... which direction would be best? Guard captains tend to have their office as far from the front as possible, thus keeping themselves away from active duty. <laughs> All right. What direction would you like to go? I'll let Melian lead the way. Ah, in which case, we will go deeper into the... as deep into the building as we can. So you're going to go to the door that's in front of you? Yes. Okay. So you push open. This is a double door, and it looks like this opens into a mess hall. 
You can see that there are tables that have been strewn about, some flipped on their side, some even broken in half, and chairs that have also been similarly arrayed. There's been some kind of disturbance here. I don't like this. But if there was a fight, surely some of them would have fallen here. Unless they've been carried away. It is dark enough that we are perhaps missing the bloodstains on the floor. Hmm. Yes. But I have no urge to search for them in the dark. Are there any other doors out of this uh, mess hall, or is it just the one? There is a door that leads off when you like come in through the main door, just to your right. That and uh, on the far wall. So there's one door that's on the right side of the far wall. Is that yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's still headed deeper into the building. Yeah, we'll head there. Although that's probably going to take us to the kitchens. So this does not actually lead off into the kitchens. As you start to head across, you see that there is more of like almost an open kitchen with a large fireplace is located at the back of this mess hall. And you come off into a sort of darker area that is mostly stone walls and stairs that go up, it appears, into the next level. You can see some light coming in through a few arrow slits. And one of the walls it appears to have been is made of wood. Paladin, I do think that the guard captain would keep his office upstairs. However, I am loath to leave the first floor without having made sure that we are not leaving any enemies behind us. Yes, you make an excellent point. Perhaps we we should clear this floor and then now that we know where the stairs are, we can work our way here. Uh, cats are there like torch sconces with like burnt out torches in them or like just even empty torch sconces? Why, yes, there are iron torch sconces attached to the walls on either side of the hallways and around most of the rooms. To note, though, they do not contain burnt-out torches. They contain torches that appear to have once been lit, but were extinguished by something before they burned out. Ah, in which case I will start lighting torches as we progress with my torch so that we're leaving lit areas behind us. I assume going then back to the mm-hmm. mess hall, coming out of it, and then would you like to go left or right now? You can go down a uh, hallway to the left, a hallway to the right, or you can go head towards the doors that you entered in, and there is a room on the left and a room on the right. As we come out of the mess hall, we should go right, because uh, my usual strategy is to keep going right out of every door and then you'll explore every place you head down uh this one and you come to two doors uh on the left and right that are near the far near the end of this hallway and the stone wall and there is a window set into this wall providing a little bit of light uh you open this and it opens up into what looks like a bit of an armory. Hmm. Similarly, a lot of this has been thrown in disarray, and some of the breastplates are dented. There is one that has a 
puncture hole straight through it. Ooh. About the size of Kawari's head. Ooh. Uh, Melian would know the difference between a armory that looks like it was just, like, soldiers equipping themselves in a hurry and one that looks like it was just tossed by, like, bandits or whatever. Um, what, which, what's the sense he gets from this one? Looking at this one, you think that it's a combination. You think that they were trying to equip themselves for something quickly, but that whatever they were trying to equip themselves for got in here with them. Mm. Like, some of the stands for things are smashed as if things were thrown into them. Hmm. This does not bode well. Uh, I admit that the more we find, the less the less happy I am. There are no doors coming off this one except the one that you have entered. So we go back out and then take the other door. That would in theory be to the right. Yeah, straight ahead. Uh, this comes to a small sort of like sitting room, it looks. There is a small table and two chairs at it. The room doesn't look like it's been tossed. Or that fighting ended up in it. And there's one door off of it that you open, and you find two beds. This could potentially be the guard captain's office. However, I do not see any logs or books. I don't know. I Well, the log may tell us what was happening beforehand. It seems things are in such disarray. I wonder if there will be any entry of what happened here. Would you rather not fo- even make the effort? I would no. say we could firmly confirm that this place is empty. Yes, no, I agree. We should continue to clear the rooms, but I don't... I am fast losing my hope that we will find a fulsome explanation of what has occurred. Hmm. Are there any footlockers underneath the the two beds? With, like, personal uh, effects? Why, yes, anything? there are. I will investigate them. I'm not necessarily going to loot them, but I'm interested in what's in them. Pull them out. They... Look like they have some mementos from home. One has a shiny rock, another one has a, a locket in it. Uh, there's a couple letters from family. Uh, you see that one of these, whoever was in this room, uh, one of their names was Kevin. He appeared to originally have been from Dwemer Hollow. Uh, the, there's letters from his family back and forth uh, to him. More importantly, does he have a spare uniform, and what rank does he seem to have been? It appears that, based off of the letters, you can tell that the two in this room were the two were the two lieutenants for this garrison, and that the garrison is meant to be, and that the garrison is about twenty men, yeah. okay. and that this is the royal garrison that defends Barrowman's. Ah. Mm. Are you thinking what I am thinking, Talvis? I'm afraid that I am. I suspect the bandits have initiated their... Jared and the Adelbaron have initiated their plan early on this garrison. Yes, there will be less help to come should Dwemer Hollow need it, and I think this indicates their plan is further along than we had hoped. Uh, this does not explain the strange reaction of the townsfolk, however, nor why Natty, the uh, evil, not evil, but the mean old witch of the <laughs> commodity shop, has spent weeks in her shop. No, there is, there is something more going on here, and I, 
I, I wish we knew whether the, these guards had weapons from Quent, whether maybe this was a, a trial run. Well, that should be one, that should be easy to, to confirm. We have simply to examine the weapons that remain in the armory. Hmm. If they are not marked with a smith's mark, we can assume that they are the mass-produced garbage that Quent is handing out. Unless they didn't discard their old weapons and the ones that they bought from Quent have exploded and killed them all. I, I suppose that is potentially the case. However, I got the distinct impression from the guards in Dormer Hollow that they had uh, discarded all their old weapons and were not keeping them as part of the deal with Quint. Hmm. Yes. I just worry that this is a, a test to prove the... Um, To practice their their attack on Dwemer Hollow, or I don't know. There's not enough. There's not enough information. I. Well, perhaps we will find evidence of such, uh, yes. in the form of broken swords, or well, I, I do not know how a hole that size ends up in a breastplate, but I do not like the thought of it. No, you're right. We should continue to look for further information. Do you think the people in the town are bespelled in some way? that they can't... Given that they have probably been attacked by a druid, it would not surprise me. <laughs> we haven't been gone from Dwemer Hollow that long, and the hay was molding here. So, didn't, has no one sent for help? Uh, it seems the, very odd. If the townsfolk are bespelled as we suspect they are, they would not have the capacity. Yes, I suppose that... Yes. Hmm. Well, we may need to get out of here sooner than we thought. This may explain why the Maidens have sent us to this town. Perhaps they are in more danger than we know. Than we know. Hmm. You're right. Perhaps we have been sent here for a purpose. Though I do not know what we can do to help. Well, we are able to... You seem to be able to do magic. Thank I goodness. imagine that means that Faileth's magic will still work as well. It would be... We should find out from Faileth and Jovan. It would be interesting to know if only certain types of magic are affected, or if it's just the townspeople. Does Jovan possess magic? Oh, perhaps... Does he? I have one singular magic trick. It's not conventional magic. Mm. I'll be getting regular magic soon. I have been starting. In Pokemon Project. He's got a he's got a mage hand, but I have mm -hmm. been explaining that as telekinesis with my limited understanding uh, of the world. I don't know. Some of the things he does seem magical, but perhaps there are other explanations. <laughs> Melian is so magical that he just assumes other people's uh, magical stuff is uh, natural ability. Like, oh, you uh, you also must have some sort of weird ability you're trying to keep hidden, so I won't ask about it. <laughs> Yeah, all Jovan's um, quote-unquote magic is stuff he's learned while stealing from wizards. Uh, ah. if you run through enough laboratories and like unlock enough of either of those doors, you pick up one or two things. Cass, I assume that the reason you're making us go through this room by room and not just giving us an overview is that we're eventually going to run into something. Uh, so, 
uh, we'll continue to go right. So I think that will take us to the room that would have been on the left of the door, the entryway. Next. You go into this next room, and it appears to be a, like, sort of more like a, a sitting or waiting room. Where they, someone that was, say, coming possibly to visit or talk would be left here. You don't really find much aside from that it's comfortable, and there is a book sitting on the table, but when you leaf through it, it's, like, just, like, a book of stories. Children's mm. tales, even. This is where the dentist is. <laughs> it's a highlight. They've gotten here. <laughs> With the crossword half done. Uh, on the other side, uh, you find a room that has a cot and a desk. You find another one of those small chests with personal effects in it. And this one, it seems like it might have been for maybe someone that, like, if they like, had only been staying here a brief while, that was going to be heading off further. Hmm. And... As you, you, if you, like, are either of you actually going to read what's, any of what's in there? Or are you just going to grab it and take it? I'll flip through it. I, I'm essentially looking, I mean, I'm not, I, the thing is, I think I'm looking for logs. So anything that doesn't offer an immediate sort of explanation of what's going on, I'll briefly glance at, and if it doesn't look like it's an explanation, I'll toss it in the bag and move on. Okay. Yeah, so you end up tossing this in the bag. Uh, you head down, and you come to... A room that looks like it is a store, like a storeroom, and there is a set of, that has like a, a desk at it that does have a logbook, but this appears to be like a quartermaster's logbook for mm -hmm. checking things in and out. Uh, and for like Melian has an idea stuff. that since there isn't any way left in this garrison, these supplies will go to waste if nobody takes advantage of them now. So I am going to pay close attention to what's in this logbook and see if there's anything that we might find useful. There's quite a bit of lamp oil. Uh, there's various uh, rations for the road. There's even winter cloaks and things like that. Ooh, well. Ooh. Uh, we could probably, like, grab three or four of them, and that should be enough to make one for quarry. Ayo! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, in which case, Melian will grab, like, four of, of the cloaks with the full knowledge that one of them's or three, yeah, no, four, five? Because that'll be one for Trent, one for Marsh, and then the three for the party members that want cloaks, because apparently Corey's, I'm a Goliath, and I don't get cold. <laughs> and then, yeah, with the full knowledge that the one that she get, that he gets for Faileth will be too big. Sounds But she can good. do that cool winter draping thing where she's got it, like, over both shoulders instead of just draped behind her. You are also, if you... You, you, they do also have boots. Hmm. I'll compare them to the boots that I've been stealing from the various bandits. See if they're better boots than the ones I already have. Oh yeah, you can get, you can find better, better boots. Oh, fantastic! In which case, I get some better boots. Uh, I want what I really want are some like swashbuckly boots, the ones with the folded over tops. So I... Oh, you can totally find. You are ruffling. You're like rummaging through, and you find a pair of those boots. They don't nice. look like they're the same. And when you go back to the log, you you find out that they also have things that they've confiscated from people mm -hmm. down here. Okay. <laughs> like there's a little bits of elite. Like there's bits of illegal substances, some dangerous things. Uh, there's 
a very, very small barrel of that has a piece of paper tacked to the ed, tacked to it that just says dangerous on it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, well, I'll leave that alone. Do I, actually what I should have done is check to see if they've got a short sword and a long shield. Or no, wait, that makes more sense. <laughs> a long sword and a shield for um, Marsh because Marsh doesn't have any weapons. And he was borrowing mine, so oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll uh, see if we can totally... kit, kit him out. You can uh, totally since we're find here, them. and we now know that there's nothing. No, there's nobody left. Uh, yeah, you can totally find uh, some for him. Uh, you cool. might need to head back to the armory to grab yeah. weapons like that, and and to get some, grab a shield, maybe even some armor if you want. But you can definitely find those things here. So what we have, out of curiosity, and this is just to refresh my own memory, uh, the stuff that we have that we stole from the bandits that Marsh was wearing is like a, it's, that's like half plate, isn't it? Like it was, it was enough that you would it obscured his identity. I think I said that it was actually a like a set of plate mail because the bandit that you guys were fighting had an armor of eighteen. Oh. Yeah. Well, but that uh, you guys would need to go to a blacksmith to get it retapered before right. it would be it would comfortable fit. for anyone to use. For Marsh, who wasn't doing any fighting, it was perfect for obscuring him. Though, it is also the reason that he failed his dexterity saving throw when he hit the ice. <laughs> you know, 6 of one, half a dozen the other. He was a good disguise. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, in which case, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring him back any armor because I just don't know. Uh, Melian doesn't wear armor, so he doesn't really have a good sense of what kind of armor people would want to wear. Um, although I guess he might have when he was in the, was a mercenary, but uh, that was too long ago. Um, yeah, so we'll, we won't bring him armor, but I will bring him a shield and a sword because uh, I know that he he'll use those. Sounds like a plan. Uh, when you head out of this room, there's one more room door that you can go to. Uh, you open that door, and it seems to open into like the an area adjacent but connected to the stables. So mm. like it has a whole the horses tack and stuff, mm. and you can smell mold and mildew. And you do a quick walk through. There are no horses. There are no animals there, and there are no dead animals either. Uh, yeah, this is almost certainly. Paladin, uh, this almost certainly seems to be a raid by the bandits. They have taken everything, or the things of use that they thought they could use, and left perhaps everything that was left. These mm. uh, guardsmen may even have been pressed into service. Uh, I know that uh, when I was disguised in the camp, I was... Uh, what do I want? Um, bullrushed into helping unload a a boat. Hmm. It just... I suppose the bodies could have been taken somewhere, but surely not everyone was pressed if that is what happened. I'm... But your explanation is perfectly reasonable. I can't imagine how someone would make so many people disappear all at once. Hmm. I hope it's not possible to do such a thing. Uh, given that they have left most of the people in the town, I suspect it is simply a matter of uh, press-ganging those who are too weak-willed to resist and killing the rest. Hmm. 
yes perhaps we when we have finished here on our way back to the inn we could stop at the um the other property on this hill and speak if we can with anybody there being close neighbors to the garrison perhaps they have some information or perhaps like many others they have just never left their house or haven't noticed anything or will look strangely at us when we ask them i did not see another property up here uh although i vaguely recall someone mentioning another place near the uh, what did what did natty uh call it i believe the lord's house is up here ah yes the guerras the guavas Gessa. Gessa? that's the one hmm you know, I seem to remember Lord Buchanan mentioning uh, Lady Gessa, who I think was off on some archaeological dig, if I recall. Not that that helps us at all here. I'm sorry, that's that's not useful. Let us continue to uh, investigate this. Well, that is all right. I do not know what archaeological digs are. It is a, a dig looking for buried historical artifacts. Like ah, the Ilfaren... So well... Land pirates who do not sail on ships. Not all of them seek treasure necessarily. Some of them seek knowledge. Uh, but they f they attain that knowledge by finding valuable artifacts, do they not? Yes. Often, ah, yes. land pirates, yes. <laughs> yes, I suppose that is one way to describe it, though they do not steal from the living. They steal from the long dead. Ah, so they seek buried treasure. <laughs> Yes. I appreciate your explanation. Shall we go upstairs? Yes, yes, I think that's an excellent idea. Uh, so you head back to the mess hall and you travel th and you go through the mess hall and through the door and you head up the stairs. You head up the stairs, you come to a larger open space area that has a some benches leaning against one of the walls and there is a bit of blood on the floor. Hmm. Ah, the first sign that we've seen of a struggle. Are they marks we can follow, or is it just some drops of blood? It does look like you can follow it a bit. Perhaps we should follow the trail? Off of this room, there is a, a bit of a, there's a, a small hallway that goes off of this room, but there is also a door that goes off this room, and this blood, the little drops of blood head following that small hallway. Hmm. We couldn't follow the trail of blood, or perhaps, if you would prefer, we can continue to search in, a, in the methodical way that you have I have forth. not heard any movement, so I think the trail of blood will not lead us to any pressing engagement. Uh, hmm. I think it would be foolhardy to leave unexplored uh, places behind us especially if we suspect there might be some danger ahead. Hmm. You are right. Now, so we open the door. Uh, it appears that, there, that this is a bit of a larger hallway, and there are two doors on the right, one about a quarter of the way down, and one about three quarters of the way down the hallway. So there's a little hallway and a big hallway? Yep. And the little hallway is which direction from us? The little hallway, if you are facing the door, is to your left. It comes off of the room you are currently in, and there appears to be, gazing down it, a door to the left of the little hallway, and a door at the far end of it. Though, 
Continuing your system of going right, you open the larger door leading into a large hallway off of this main room. It appears that there are two doors on the right-hand side of this larger hallway. Do you open the first door you come to, or do you open the second? Uh, no, always take the whatever the rightmost thing is, so we'll take the first door on the right. So you open the first door, and this opens into what clearly is a room that must be straight above the mess, and it is, the, this must be the guard's dormitory. Mm. Uh, so there are just rows of beds here. Right, right. Um, I don't feel like that's where we need necessarily need to spend a bunch of time investigating. I suspect we have found all the information we're going to need, and there's no need to investigate this bunkhouse. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well then. So you head down to the next door, and you open that one, and this looks like another storeroom, but it's not food, it's not weapons, it's more like uniforms, linens. Hmm. Um, perhaps I will collect one of their uniforms. Uh, however, this does not seem like a place we will need to spend much time either. No, I agree. Though you're right, a uniform may come in handy for you in the future. Alright, so I collect a uniform, like just like a medium-sized, or an average-sized uniform. And then we continue. You head back, and now you're heading down that smaller hallway that has blood dribbling down it. And there is a door on the left, and then there is a door at the far end of this small hallway. So we, there we go down the, go to the door on the end before we went to the door on the left. Mm -hmm. You follow the blood that leads down the hallway into the room at the far end. And as you push it open, you are met with a vision of disarray and chaos. A desk sits in the center of the room. Behind it, a window is broken, shattered as if by something that came into this room through it. Wind and combat have clearly disarrayed the contents of this room, scattering papers, breaking three chairs to splinters, and toppling extinguished candles. In the center of the room sits a large desk, upon it a thick book, lined with dates and notes. Melian, it appears you have found your logbook. Ah... The blood leading into this room, though, does not end at the door, as splashes of blood fleck the walls, ceiling, and floor. And, of its source, no corpse can be found. I believe we have found what we were seeking. Indeed. Uh, so, Melian will move over and flip open the, uh, the logbook to the, whatever the last page is, and then figure try and figure out what's going on you're going to go all the way to the last page mm -hmm. 29th of morgren 1083 pr vilum it is only me now i will try to hold out i hope whoever finds this will be able to stop that which stalks us at night and put an end to the machinations of those accursed monks I fear that I am amongst the few who have retained whatever it is she took from them. It must have been the charm from Mildred. I wish I could see her face. 
one last time. Night is falling. It is coming. And that is where we will leave tonight's session. Ah! Just in imminent danger, that's cool. Thank you for listening to Roll with Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! Well then, uh, good evening. Or good day, I guess. Or good whatever time that you're listening to this. Uh, anyway, I'm Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian. I did that all with my dice clanking. I'm going to start over. David. Sorry, what's happening to the mic issues? We're good, we're good. You'd love a roller coaster. Corey would be very worried about hitting their head. Hey, I'm One of the people that like, on <laughs> doesn't put their arms up, kind of crouches in their seat. Oh, I mean, you guys know intimately how much I hate a roller coaster. <laughs> so, I cannot, cannot do a roller coaster. It's because of all the sin that you do. Yeah, I do so much <laughs> sin that I'm incapable of riding a roller coaster. Yeah. I but just now... panic and And now that you said it on the podcast, that's canon. Uh, everybody heard it. <laughs> Canon for my life. All of all of my brownie points. I have abstained from so much. It's over. Although now I think instead of being like, no, I'm afraid of roller coasters, you can be like, no, I'm morally opposed to roller coasters based on the judgmental origins of the Right? It's just not cool. Yeah. It has nothing to do with my crippling fear of heights. <laughs> um okay. I'm all about finishing notes now. I don't know why, but midway through that, I suddenly thought United Furniture Warehouse. <laughs> Which I almost went, I'm not gonna lie to you, I almost went the Rocky theme. <laughs> Very close. I thought that you were going to do the Rocky theme, and I was like, uh. It's transformative. As long as it's if under five it, seconds. Now, if I perform it, it's transformative. You can't. We could. We could. I could do any song, and it's transformative. We're good. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Every week, I'm tempted to do the Mario theme. I don't know why, but every week when it gets to that part, I'm like, anyway. Don't worry. I will give you a bit of warning before you guys have to do something in a sewer. And then it will make sense when you do it at the beginning of an episode. Nice. We have lost David. Let's pause until he comes back. Dee 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 d
more than David. <laughs> Looking to hear my friend David's beat. Sorry, just having a little bit of technical issues. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cool, we're good. All right. <laughs> Don't I... worry. We've all been singing or just doing things to us. We waited for you. What's the last thing you heard? <laughs>